I don't think that, you know, we need to be disrespectful. I don't think we need to be overly confrontational, but I think that in disruption, in significant systems change, in work that matters, there's a certain level of discomfort and, you know, you have to decide where you're going to stand. And so sometimes that's uncomfortable. The workforce landscape is rapidly changing, and educators and their institutions need to keep up. Preparing students before they enter the workforce to make our communities and businesses stronger is at the core of getting an education. But we need to understand how to change and adjust so that we can begin to project where things are headed before we even get there. So how do we begin to predict the future? Hi. I'm Salvatrice Kumo, Vice President of Economic and Workforce Development at Pasadena City College and host of this podcast. And I'm Christina Barsi, producer and co-host of this podcast. And we are starting the conversation about the future of work. We'll explore topics like how education can partner with industry, how to be more equitable, and how to attain one of our highest goals, more internships and PCC students in the workforce. We at Pasadena City College want to lead the charge in closing the gap between what our students are learning and what the demands of the workforce will be once they enter. This is a conversation that impacts all of us. You, the employers, the policymakers, the educational institutions, and the community as a whole. We believe change happens when we work together. And it all starts with having a conversation. I'm Christina Barsi. And I'm Salvatrice Kumo. And this is The Future of Work. Welcome back. This is Salvatrice Kumo, your host. And I am joined today by my friend and colleague in our Division of Economic and Workforce Development, Ms. Leslie Thompson, our Director of Operations. Welcome back to the show, Leslie. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you? Very good. Very good. I have to tell you, I know I say this all the time, but I really enjoy these conversations because it does give a glimpse to our listener, kind of what's percolating in our brains from time to time. And I think that you and I have these convos and it's really great to even get feedback from our listeners. So thank you for joining me again. Sure. We have a lot to talk about and we have a lot to talk about today too. Yeah. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the Future of Work Conference our fifth annual Future of Work conference Mm -hmm. that is going to be on Thursday, October 26th from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. here on the beautiful Pasadena City College campus. And I'm pretty excited about it. I know you're excited about it. So let's get into it. What can folks expect? You know, if I could share Mm -hmm. is I'd like to kind of spend a minute talking about how it was birthed, right? Like how did this idea of the Future of Work conference come about? And I remember literally being in this office with you. And we were just, again, having one of our brainstorming sessions. And we were saying, how do we raise awareness? How do we build urgency around the trajectory of our future of work and the future of our occupations and the future of the skills that are needed to fulfill some of these trends that we were looking at at the time? And I can't remember what report it was, but I do remember us sitting here going, oh my gosh, how do we do this? How do we build awareness? We came up with this concept of future of work and it wasn't our concept. Future of work exists, right? It's a language that exists in our world and plenty of agencies and people who are focused on the future of our workforce. It started off as a conversation about raising awareness about what is needed, about the conversations that are needed. And then it kind of developed into, well, maybe we use this platform as a way to 
not only prepare the workforce, but also raise awareness on the complexities on how to do that. We can sit here all day long and say, we need to have our new talent have these specific skills and we need our employers to do this. Well, there's the mechanics between all of that. What Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed about our conferences thus far is that it brought some awareness. It brought some awareness to, hey, you know what? Like we've actually had some system issues that we got to talk about first before we can even think about or solve the new pipeline development. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I initially really loved about the idea was that at the time, I didn't know of any other community colleges that were hosting the kind of event that would Mm -hmm. bring this many different kind of practitioners into one space and have these conversations about how they specifically impact college students, right? Mm -hmm. We invited students and faculty and agents, all sorts of entities and representatives from those entities. And we did it purposefully on the campus, and we centered that around the work that we do as community college practitioners in kind of the workforce development ecosystem. I thought that was pretty cool. And that was one of the things that I was initially really into the idea of bringing all these different people together and tackling these things and always, always looking for ways to kind of highlight or emphasize infrastructure shortcomings because, Mm -hmm. you know, all these systems are so intricate and and so just the bigger a system gets the less regulated sometimes and or maybe the wrong things get regulated and we don't pay enough attention to what I think would be the right things and I realize that's a value call but Mm -hmm. but it's important to to give spaces to highlight those kind of issues I have a question for you Salvatrice thinking back on all the conferences we've had thus far we've only had two in person out of the last four and two were virtual because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but each were uniquely different and had different topics and different guests. Is there anything that stands out for you out of any of those conferences as something that you learned, took away from it, um, impacted change down the line? Mm-hmm. Something that stands out for you? For sure. So before I answer that question, I think the other thing that is worth mentioning is the value of this conference and any conference, really the beauty and the value of conference is convening people. And when you convene people who care about something, whatever that something is, ideas get generated, relationships get built and connectivity happens in a very fundamental way that has lasting impacts, right? Like we know that we fundamentally know that because we're humans and that's what humans do. And so I want to underscore that here before I answer that question, because that's the root of why anyone or any organization puts together a conference. And maybe I should just speak for myself. That's the reason why we do these conferences, right? For connectivity, for partnerships is baseline. And then everything else is bonus, right? Heightening awareness, solving big issues, et cetera, et cetera. When I think about that question you asked, I immediately think about last year. We had Dr. Jez come from California Competes, and she shared a significant amount of data that revolved around kind of like our trajectory as community colleges and the future of work in a nutshell. I mean, there was a lot more to that, obviously. And and I encourage the listener to go back on our website and take a look at her speech because her findings were incredibly impactful to me at the time. And informed a lot of our work too, moving forward, so much so that she has been 
a wonderful partner, not only to this college, but scaling up to all 19 with our consortium. And so mm-hmm. just, I mean, not too long ago, she presented to our 19 CEO colleges about performance of community colleges, about enrollments, about trends, about, you know, fill in the blank. It was a moment for me to sit back and say like, okay, it took that one conference, that one convening, that one invitation that now has allowed us to spread the talent and spread the knowledge across a system of community colleges through our consortium. And so although there wasn't like something directly towards like what we initially started with the future of work, meaning about preparing and skill building and all that good stuff from our initial thoughts about the future of work, but it built a connectivity that, or a partnership that is imperative to our work. That's important to our work. And like I said, not only for our college, but we scaled it across the 19 and she's a wonderful partner to our consortium. And we're very grateful for that. So that's one that comes to mind. I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that one of the main benefits of attending, like you said, not just our conference, but any conference mm-hmm. are those moments, those kind of aha moments or the, where you meet the right person and they have an idea, but they need a partner or they're looking for an idea and you happen to have one. All those kind of opportunities for idea sharing, for inspiration, for you know, seeds to take root, that you take it back. And next thing you know, you're impacting, you know, hundreds and thousands of lives Mm -hmm. through this one idea that took root somewhere else that you might not even witness that. In this scenario that you're giving us, we witness that because we're part of the consortium. Sure. But we don't know how many people have left with an idea. And sometimes it's a disagreement. Like, I don't agree with what you're saying, or I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to fix that. Or that problem, I see that problem differently. Now that you mention it, there is a problem, but I don't think that's it. And I'm going to go work on something else. Mm-hmm. There's lots of opportunities for connection and idea generating. And it's more than just coming to a conference, passively receiving information, calling it PD, taking a half a day off of work, and then going back to work. It's so much more than that. Like There's more value in it. And I think I like that example that you gave. That's a perfect example of a partnership being sparked. And now look at her expertise has been spread throughout the region. I mean, she was a good get for the conference. We were thrilled that she accepted. She gave a phenomenal presentation. And now that knowledge gets to be spread throughout the college. So the relationship is just as beneficial for her as it is for us. And it's even informing the consortium's advocacy efforts. Yeah. Which is long-term effects. Long-term effects, long-term effects. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying it was simple, but incredibly impactful. And I can't wait to see what else transpires from that. Right. But again, it underscores what you just said right now about seeding, about idea generating. Also, this is community, right? Like mm-hmm. this work, I'm going to even go as far as any work, okay? Like any work that matters that people care about takes a coalition of the willing, mm-hmm. right? And so when you have like-minded or, and I forget about like-minded, that's incorrect, driven, care, concern, passion about a particular subject or about a particular anything, that's when change happens. That's when ideas get generated. And so you're right. Like even these conferences, specifically our future work conference has allowed that. I mean, I even think about last year when our student shared his experience. Well, what did that do? Like that ignited some of the colleges that were in that space who personally came to me via phone or email or text And said it was because of that voice that I took it back to my campus 
and we change things up a little bit. We change the programming mm-hmm. a little bit. Or it also said, we're on the right track. Hearing his voice and his experience is telling us that we're on the right track. It could be a place for idea generating, but it also could be a place for validation to validate that we are doing the things that matter to our community and that continuing to fuse relationships, fuse the community in ways that we didn't think would come out of it, right? I mean, I guess that's the beauty of it. You said a word, you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, what I heard was we're bringing people together that care about change or are looking for change. Did I get that right? I think what I said was not everyone has to agree with the ideas Mm. or identify the same problems within the system to acknowledge that change needs to happen. Right. But it gets inspired. So now I'm going to change something. That's right. Either fix it, make it better. I would also argue that even broken systems to function require a coalition of the willing. That's right. Because we're all going along with it. I would suggest that we need more than a coalition of the willing. We need a coalition of the inspired. (laughs) And if they're willing, then they need to be willing to go against the grain. But whatever. Change is important and it's necessary. And we try to highlight that as we expose or however you want to describe the different barriers and issues within the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. That came about indirectly, that message or those interactions or that behavior from the conference came out without us even putting too much thought around it. Meaning we didn't force that. That was organic organically, Mm -hmm. these things have happened from our conference. You know, this year we took note of that. We took note of that there's change agents out there doing this work. And at the end of the day, like sometimes, look, I'm going to be real, real talk. Individuals or people who attend conferences, they're naturally built as change agents. That's why they're there. They're there to gather information, build upon it and come up with something like we just talked about. So this year we said, well, how do we highlight? Like, how do we acknowledge those efforts? I'm really excited about the LA Changemaker Award that we've announced for the conference. And I'm looking forward to the nominations because even individuals within our own network, like we have a big network, you and I, right? Like we're in this work all day, every day. Gosh, I can count five of them on one hand easily in a matter of seconds who we can highlight as change maker. Certainly it's not our decision, right? And folks need to be nominated or you can nominate yourself or you can nominate someone else. But I think that's going to bring a different level of awareness, not only to the topics that we uncover at these conferences, but also really highlighting individuals who are making a difference in this arena that we work in. Because you're right, it takes an individual and or a group to work against the grain sometimes to make change happen and to see significant results. And it might not happen overnight. We know that, right? Like in this system, it may not happen overnight, but it does eventually. I'm looking forward to seeing the nominations as well. I'm sure we're going to have no shortage of people to choose from. That's right. Which is great. When you think back, I asked myself this question moments ago in preparations for our talk, but when you think back what has been kind of like the energy of our attendees? I mean, gosh, I can think back on our first one. I mean, that was just... The first one was phenomenal. I mean, that was big. It was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was a big event. And the energy was high. It was very high energy. We saw a lot of people, that, just a lot of different people. I was surprised at the kind of variety of people mm-hmm. that we got, the cross sections, right? It was like, it was not just 
other college campuses, but I was excited to see that a lot of our colleagues from other campuses came. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. When your colleagues come to something you're doing, that means you're onto something, right? So they showed up. Definitely high energy. I know that we did a lot of interviews that first year for the podcast, like just kind of capturing things. And the podcast was just getting started, right? You know, Mm -hmm. around that time. And there was a lot of excitement around that. So I think that first one was pretty special. And even on campus, just the production quality of the event was even like noteworthy. Facilities setting up, like it looks so great. That What are you guys doing here? It was a lot of buzz. Everybody involved was a lot of buzz, you know? That first one's always going to stand out as kind of, The signature one. Yeah. The signature one, like the bar, right? And so then, you know, our next two after that were virtual. And then last year we did something a little different. We did a different setting, which was a beautiful venue, but there were a number of issues. Rain, (laughs) still some COVID remnants. In fact, you were sick. That's right. There was a lot going on with that last one. So there's a little bit of pressure on this one to be like, now, okay, last year we were kind of coming back to real life, but this year we're really coming back to real life. It's our fifth annual we want to make a big splash. We want it to have, you know, a good turnout and great energy. So I think the one that stands out with the best energy was the very first one. And I'm hoping to surpass that this time. Yeah. How about you? Me too. Me too. And I think that, you know, taking a sneak peek at the speakers, I think it's going to be that buzz. And also just the topic itself is going to give us a heightened energy. So I'm really looking forward to it. Here's the thing, like, and I have to be really honest about this. I can't believe I'm going to share it here on this podcast. But when we first started thinking about the future of our conference, I was very careful around certain subject matters, right? Because of whatever fill in the blank, you can call it politics, you can call it just the nature of the work, you can call whatever. But I think at this point, we are at a point that we need to kind of shift that. And I'm not suggesting being confrontational or controversial, but not being so apologetic about some topics that are going to come up in the future. Topics like labor, topics like inequities in labor, right? Those kinds of things, or topics like workforce conditions, certain policies that are hindering our society's growth. You know, I mean, there's so much, there's so much in this world. Yeah. I understand the need to be mindful, delicate. I'm not sure what, how we want to describe Mm -hmm. it. I I understand the need for that, but you know, me, I'm always like, well, let's disrupt it (laughs) and step on a few toes. I mean, I don't think that, you know, we need to be disrespectful. I don't think we need to be overly confrontational, but I think that in disruption, in significant systems change, in work that matters, there's a certain level of discomfort Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to decide where you're going to stand. And so sometimes that's uncomfortable. And we've had many conversations about the balance find ourselves we do have you know good relationships with businesses but i also like to think that we're not doing business with businesses that aren't treating their employees fairly we're not sending our students to bad jobs we're not sending our students to bad internships if we can help it we have a vetting process for the things that we're involved in that's right i think that i would have no problem challenging an employer or a business or anybody that had poor working conditions weren't paying a living wage, but we're heavily recruiting from the college or any community college, why would we be sending our students there, if, especially if they were looking to partner with us? I'd like mm-hmm. to think that we wouldn't be delicate about defending the best interest of our students. That's right. And the workforce that we support. Even think about it at scale. You know, we think about our system. There's elements of our systems, that, or the systems, I should say, not just our system, but systems that we work in, that do need to be 
challenged or talked about at bare minimum without any fears of ruffling too many feathers. And, and to your point, it's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable because that's underscoring why we're doing this for the fifth year. That's what sparks change. That's what sparks ideation around yeah. solutions. And so I have an idea I'm going to put on record. Okay, go for it. That as we continue to have these iterations of the conference and other convenings and we look for, or even podcast topics or even whatever, and we try to incorporate the student voice when we can. Mm-hmm. We give a lot of space to politicians or public speakers, people that you're used to hearing from. One of these times, or at some point, we need to create a space for to hear from actual labor, to hear from people that have something to say, that have an axe to grind but don't have a platform. Mm-hmm. I think that that might not be a bad idea. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is that going to ruffle a feather? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like yeah. that is the workforce. Let's hear from the workforce. Let's hear from the actual workforce. You know, we say it all the time with a student voice. The student voice, absolutely important. And we love to hear the student voice. Mm-hmm. But we're also, what happens when they're no longer students? Now they've gone into the workforce. Are we? Let's give them a platform. That's right. There could be something out there that we don't see because as part of the workforce ourselves, we're in a very particular bubble mm-hmm. in academia. We're in a very particular bubble. And a lot of the people that we work with are in very particular bubbles in government agencies, mm-hmm. in you know certain entities, cities. You know, Everybody's in their own little bubble. But none of us that are having this conversation work in factories or work in the front lines or do any of that stuff. Right. We don't. We're kind of removed from it. So I'm just proposing that because I got inspired talking about ideas. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. That is a wonderful direction, I think, for us to go into. And you had me thinking about something while you were saying that, sharing the voices of the workforce, right? I thought to myself, like, it kind of sparked past conversations that you and I have had about... Mm -hmm like the human approach to the work that we do. And like, it's less transactional, like course, go into an internship, gather the skills and then get into a job. Like that's transactional. It's one, two, three, Mm -hmm. four, you know, but what about everything else in between? And I think that's what you're trying to underscore. And then it also led me to think about our convert past conversations about empowerment and about workforce empowerment. And this is not so much about development. It's really about empowerment. And like, how do we start shifting Mm -hmm. the narrative around the work that we do? And so I'm planting this seed with you, Ms. Thompson, just as you planted with me. Let's talk more about that because we're doing some work around shifting the narrative of economic and workforce, right? Particularly our division, economic and workforce Mm -hmm. development. It's less about development. It's more about empowerment. And so as we start to uncover and discover some of the things within our own work and shifting that narrative, I'd like to come back and share that and maybe do some more brainstorming because there's a lot more to it in shifting the narrative, not only just for us, like I said, but before the system as a whole. I love that. I feel like you're not really that excited about it. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) That didn't sound excited to me. I'm trying to be delicate about everybody's feelings. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. Good, I think it's a worthwhile good. endeavor for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the next episode of the podcast is us really sharing out what we found, what we discovered, what shifting that narrative is going to mean, not only for this college, but for the system, because we are doing our own discovery. We are asking students and we are doing focus groups around the students in the workforce. And so that'd be really kind of fun to unpack a little later. I think discovery and exploration is always a good idea. And I think to wrap it up here and to bring it back to the conference, I think that 
folks should attend so they can do their own discovery, so they can have their own inspiration, so they can make their own changes. I mean, we think we're doing it the best, but we're not the only ones reflecting and right. adapting and changing to meet the world as it's evolving. So I think everybody else is doing that too. I think that, you know, people come out to the conference, they're going to get some ideas, they're going to have some inspiration, and I can't wait to see who we're going to meet. Somebody awesome show up and let's meet, let's hang out, let's talk, <laughs> share your ideas. I'd love That's to right. hear them. You know, obviously we're going to be there with bells and whistles to welcome people to the campus on October 26th. That's right. Yep. October 26th here at PCC from 8 to 2. From right? 8 to 2, yeah. We'll be sure to enter that information in the show notes for our listener to register. Yeah. The sooner the better. And more information coming also via our socials. If you're not following us, follow us. There's more information coming out there. You can pasadena.edu, put in EWD and go to our website. we got tons of information there. So there's going to be communication mm-hmm. coming out if you haven't already seen it. But connect with us. If you have questions ahead of time, reach out to us. And if you have mm-hmm. ideas for future topics, not just for the podcast, but future topics for conferences or convenings or you know other feedback. We do surveys after every conference, and we usually get overwhelmingly good feedback. But, you know... Maybe you're going to watch it from home. Maybe you're going to live stream it. I think there's different options for viewing the event if, if you can't come in person. But tune in or show up and engage with us because that's what we want. We want to engage. Thank you for putting that call to action to our listener. Like we definitely want to hear back. Well, our time's up here, Ms. Thompson, and I'll see you at the next round at the next chat. Awesome. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite listening platform so you can easily get new episodes every Tuesday. You can reach out to us by clicking on the website link below in the show notes to collaborate, partner, or just chat about all things Future of Work. We'd love to connect with you. All of us here at the Future of Work and Pasadena City College wish you safety and wellness.